Boom. We are back with the 162nd edition of the Quarantine Cast. I'm really excited for this one. I'm joined by someone who I haven't spoken to before, but I'm really, really excited to. It's Steven Peterson. So how are you doing, man? I'm doing awesome, man. Thanks for having me on the show. Well, first things first, man. It's been a while since we've seen you. So overall, how are you feeling uh, physically after such a long layoff? Honestly, never better. I feel like I'm coming into my prime uh, as an athlete, uh, in my health, um, and as a martial artist. And I feel like I'm just, uh, I've never been better. I guess we t- before talking about the physical uh, side of things the past uh, year or so, um, how are you doing mentally? I mean, the pandemic's just been brutal on a lot of people. How have you been where you're at? Um, obviously, you're in Texas, so I'm sure training there is more open. But uh, how's your training been the past few years? Um, it was kind of crazy, honestly, uh, the whole lockdown and all that. Uh, yeah, th- things kind of just came to a halt. Um, I was actually recovering from surgery. Uh, so it was uh, kind of perfect timing if something like that were to happen. But mentally, that was rough. Uh, I think it was rough on everybody. I, I, uh, I'm i not one to, uh, you know, lay down and, and uh, just uh, accept things. So, uh you know, I, I use that as a time to uh, kind of uh, rekindle some old uh, friendships and and uh, hang out with some people that I ha- haven't hung out with in, in years because uh, of my career and training and whatnot, some old friends. So, uh, yeah, and uh, got a lot of family time, and uh, I, I try to use it as, as productive as possible. But, uh, yeah, it, w- it was rough just uh, everything being closed and whatnot, but uh, – you know, Texas, we were one of the first to uh, to open up. Uh, and there was, you know, there was all kinds of things going on behind the scenes. But, uh, you know, the uh, the restaurants and the, the bars and the clubs uh, opened up pretty quickly. And uh, and then that became a, a big scene. And uh, that was pretty much the only thing that was open at first. And then uh, the gyms opened back up and uh, now, now we're back rolling 100%. And then uh, as for physically, I mean, you, you talked about your surgery. You had two fights over the past two years kind of fall through um, due to injuries. Um, how are you feeling and, and how's the recovery been? Um, it's great. I, I had an injury with my, uh, you know, arm. It had been an ongoing thing throughout my career. Probably uh, eight years ago, I, uh, I chipped some bones in there and uh, – and they were floating around and they were jarring themselves into the joint and it was causing all kinds of issues with the ligaments and uh, it was just a constant uh, pain. So uh, it had gotten to the point where, where it was so bad that I had to get surgery and uh, so I got that out of the way. Uh, originally it was supposed to be ortho- orthoscopic surgery where they go in with the scope and they take out the bone chips. But uh, once they got in there, they, they realized the damage was kind of extensive. So they uh, repaired some ligaments, and uh, so it, it led to a much longer layoff than I had anticipated. Yeah, it seems to be be a thing that, you know, all these fighters, like, put off, like, surgery. Like, I'll do that somewhere down the line. Obviously, at that time, you were in the UFC. You had aspirations and all that. In retrospect, when you look back on it, is it something you wish you had taken care of sooner, or are you just kind of happy with the way things uh, unfolded? Uh, yeah, I had I had to wait. Uh, I wasn't at a position at any point in my career where I could do that. And then, uh, you know, coming off of that spinning back fist knockout, uh, you know, I wanted to get that one more fight uh, that I was training for. And then I was going to have the surgery. But 
it had just gotten so bad in training camp to where I couldn't even extend it. Uh, so punching with that arm was pretty much uh, non-existent. So I, it was time to get it fixed. Uh, I, I didn't want to go out there and not perform and, uh, you know, have, have an excuse in my mind. I wanted to, to go out there, you know, even if I'm injured, uh, I got to be able to fight through it. And uh, that was something that I just couldn't fight through at the time. And I, I had to get it fixed. Speaking of the uh, spinning backfist knockout, that was one of the most impressive, uh, if not the most impressive spinning backfist knockouts we've ever seen in the UFC. Um, when you look back on it, obviously that was the last time you fought. So, you know, the last highlight we had of yours was that knockout. Um, when you look back on it, how do you assess your performance uh, going into that fight? And uh, I guess when you look back on it, what's it look like from your perspective? Uh, I did exactly what I said I was going to do. Uh... I went out there, I uh, measured him up. Uh, first round, I kind of pushed the pace and uh, let him overexert himself, uh, let him be uh, be the aggressor in that round. And then the second round I came out, uh, I had him measured up and I started throwing some, some real heat and then the opportunity presented itself and I, I took it and put him away. You did it on, um, I'd say foreign territory. I mean, you've been to Mexico before, but you were in his backyard. Um, what? What did it feel like to get it done in front of his 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 audience? Yeah, I knew I had to get a finish. Uh, you know, fighting the Mexican in Mexico City, and he was uh, you know the Mexican Ultimate Fighter winner. It was like you know uh, I had just got robbed in the fight before that when I fought Caceres, and I was like, I'm not going to get robbed again. You know, I'm fighting this guy in his home turf. Now I know it can't go to the judges' scorecard, so I, I knew that wasn't an option, and that's kind of why I uh, fought the first round in the way that I did. And then, uh, you know, uh, held nothing back in the second round. One of the things is you kind of had your back against the wall in that one. Like you said, I mean, you were going to Mexico. You were fighting him in his turf. You couldn't go to decision because we know what happens in Mexico. Um, And, I mean, previously against Matt Bissett, same sort of thing. Your back was against the wall. Do you find you perform best when there's a little bit of pressure on you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I said it before the fight as well. Uh, you're going to see how I react when my back's against the wall. And uh, that that's when I do my best. When guys are, like, really trying to hurt me, that's when I shine. It's uh, it's, it's do or die situation. And, uh, you know, that, that's where I thrive. And uh, so I just need to continue to put myself in those type of positions where uh, uh, I thrive in chaos. So uh, cause a little bit of chaos, and uh, that's where I'm going to perform my best. And uh, that leads me to this next, uh, this next question. Someone else who thrives under chaos in a different way is Chase Hooper. Uh, you're fighting him next month. He tends to, to fold a little bit when he gets, um, I guess, beat up on the feet. But when things go to the ground, that's when he tends to, to thrive. How do you – I mean, you're a month out from this fight. How excited are you to get back in there against someone like Chase Hooper? Man, I'm stoked. The kid's got a lot of uh, steam for him uh everybody's following him uh he's only got one loss but uh, i think it's an excellent matchup for me uh, i feel like i deserve the push that he's getting by the ufc by you know social media he's 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 got quite the following and uh he's getting paid more than me if uh if the numbers that i see online are true so uh I've been fighting for for 13 years. I'm I'm not a rookie. I've been uh, I, I've I've earned everything that I got. I, I've fought for world titles. I've uh, I've won world titles. It's uh, 
it, it's just a matter of time before I get what I'm due. And I feel like this is uh, my opportunity to show uh, what I'm worth and what I deserve. And I feel like he has what I deserve. So I need to go out there and take it from him. He's been a name that's been on your tongue for a little while now. I mean, when you were forced out of the boat with uh, Choi, his name was the one that you mentioned. Is there a reason for that other than the fact that, you know, he's he's a young kid that's got a lot of hype? Uh, exactly. Uh, it's because he has what I feel like I deserve. And there's um, there's a lot of these kids just like that. They, they go out there and uh, he doesn't have the, the most padded record, but it's still a pretty padded record. Um, everybody that I fought had a winning record. I have, uh, you know, my opponent's combined record is uh, amongst the top. I, I look at everybody else that has, uh, you know, except for guys like Cub Swanson or BJ Penn or, you know, like the real OGs, um, they have a good opponent's combined record. Myself, I have a really good opponent's combined record. But a lot of these kids coming up, their opponent's combined records are upside down and they get into the UFC. Um, and then now we're making all this money and they really haven't earned it. They haven't fought for it. Um, I've bled, I've, I've, you know, lost uh, my lifestyle. I mean, I, I've, I've, I've lived in the slums. I've, I've uh, not been able to pay my bills. I've, uh, you know, gone through personal issues because of, you know, my career path. And, and, uh, and I didn't have the easy, I didn't choose an easy path. I, I chose the hard path, but uh, uh, that's why I am where I am, and uh, I'm, I'm better for it. I think stylistically, too, this is an amazing matchup. I mean, yes, his jiu-jitsu is incredible, but you've never been submitted. Um, and I think that shows a lot. I mean, you fought guys, Alex Caceres, who beat him. Luis Pena is very legit at 155. Um, when you look at your at your record, do you think that the – the ground area is somewhere that you can kind of nullify or do you think that uh, he does have a little bit of an advantage there or do you feel you have the advantage? I feel like I have the advantage wherever this fight goes. Um, obviously, um, it doesn't matter who you go to the ground with or, you know, look at Jacare, he got his arm broken. Uh, you, you can't ever uh, go to the ground just uh, arrogant thinking, you know, I got everything on this guy. But I feel like when it goes to the ground, I'm going to mind my P's and Q's and I'm going to show that I'm dominant in that area as well. Um, obviously, uh, I'm not going to just jump right into his guard willingly. Um, I, I may or may not avoid it, um, based on the opportunities I see, but, uh, where, if that's his only saving grace, then, uh, I might as well just keep it standing and, and beat the hell out of him. One of the things you talked about was, you know, the, the, the adversity, the struggles that you went through, and you, you hear this with so many mixed martial artists. I want to talk particularly about one fight, and that was the Dana White Contender Series. It was your chance to get in, and you came up short. How, how do you rebound from that? You know, I mean, at that point in your career, you probably felt like, you know what, that was your shot. How do you rebound from that and then go on and win another fight and get into the UFC? I just didn't accept the loss. Um, I knew that, uh, you know, it being a split decision, and uh, it was a hell of a fight. It was close, and, uh, you know, if I had not been so aggressive, I, I might not have ate those knees, and those knees were uh, the, the main thing that stood out in that fight was me running into flying knees, but I was on Dana White's Contender Series. It was like, you got to go. You got And uh, that was the first season. They, they didn't hand out as many contracts as they do on these seasons, it was, uh, you know, one or two a night. So I, I was going out there and, uh, in my mind, I was going to get that contract or die trying. And, uh, you know, I came short, it was a split decision, but I knew 
the fact that it was a split decision, it was just a matter of time. Uh, I just had to make a couple adjustments, and then I would get to the UFC for sure. I want to talk a little bit about something that that's been interested that's interested me for a little while now. My favorite animal is is a lemur, and you happen to have one. How uh, how awesome is it to have one uh, hanging around your house? And are they good pets? Uh, it's super dope. Uh, I I love having him around, but he's also a pain in the ass. Uh, it's like you know a love hate relationship type deal. Uh, you know, sometimes I'll be chilling, you know, eating, watching TV, and he'll just come sit on my lap and. <laughs> You know, I'll, I'll feed him, and then uh, other times he'll be. I'll be trying to take a nap, and he'll jump on my face and bounce off of it. And where I'm sleeping in my room, and he'll slam on the door. Like literally, he, he knows I'm talking. He just slammed on the door right now. Uh, he knows I'm talking about him. He'll he'll come out there and just uh, bang on the door. Or if I leave my door unlocked, he'll he'll unlock her. He'll open it up and uh, and wake me up. So. Um, it can be a pain in the ass, but other than that, it's really enjoyable, and uh, the chicks love them. So, how long have you had you had them? I've had them about eight months now. Oh wow! So relatively uh, new. They yeah, they, last, yeah. they last while, supposedly right? live from twenty to thirty years. So uh, uh, the the reason behind it was uh, my son was doing the the school online, and and you know it was a lockdown. Friends, no friends, and. Uh, I had bought them like four hamsters over the course of the last couple of years and they all die so quickly. So I was like, you know, I got to get an animal that's going to last him until he's an adult, you know, more of an emotional sport animal. What better than a lemur? Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a long-term commitment though. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. I'm in it for a minute for the rest of his life for sure. Um, I want to talk about something that you haven't had to experience yet uh, during the pandemic and you won't have to in this fight. It's the, the no attendance. I mean, you were fortunate enough to, to get put on a card with a, with an audience. With the way you fight, do you think that this is uh, favorable for you? Everything happens for a reason, and I wouldn't rather fight uh, any other way. I mean, I, I couldn't imagine fighting in, with no crowd. I, I've, I've thought about it, but it's just, what's the point? It's eerie. It's weird. Why am I beating the hell out of this guy? I don't you know, feel the crowd behind me. Um, sure, it's on TV, but... It just the experience is so different uh, when you fight in front of a live crowd. The, the energy gets behind you. It's just, uh, I mean, you, you get goosebumps. Even just standing in the crowd, you get goosebumps. Uh, when I'm in the cage, I feel like uh, I'm unstoppable, and, and that's that's uh, I feed off that energy. So it's definitely in my favor. Uh, I don't know about Chase, but uh, you know whether it be in his favor or not. I mean, it, it's I, I definitely prefer to have the crowd. All right, I'll ask you one last question, and then I'll, and then I'll let you go. There's a big fight also on that card, and uh, couldn't go without asking you a prediction for that main event: uh, Israel Adesanya uh, versus Marvin Vittori. I think Ma Marvin Vittori is going to be way too aggressive. Uh, Izzy's going to kind of you know use his footwork and hit him with that check hook coming in, and uh, I think Izzy's going to make light work of him. All right, man. And then uh, we'll end on this note. Is there anyone you want to thank before we end it? And what can we expect from you next month? First, you can expect violence coming out of these hands and these knees and these legs, um, just all over, all around violence uh, in UFC 263. If you would, please follow me on Instagram and Twitter at 8 And I want to thank my sponsors, CWL.Law, Limitless Sport Picks, Hutch's Barbecue, New Lifespan, Dank Vodka, 
Chandler Cabinets, and Physically Fit Nutrition. Thanks, guys.